0: Let's go out to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Let's talk to Brown's analyst, Nathan Zagura, joining us here on The Fan. Hello, Nathan. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good, guys. Good afternoon. How are you guys doing?
0: Good. Very busy day around Berea. Uh, I, I, I guess we'll just start with yeah. all the different changes and everything. Um, I, I, we we'd obviously we don't know at this point where it came from, you know, top or whether this was a Stefanski move. Uh, but uh, your first blush reaction to all the changes around Berea?
2: Yeah, uh, excited about Caleb Johnson, the uh, linebacker signed to the Reserve Futures contracts, apparently a good special teams player, and we'll see uh, how that works out. That's what you were talking about, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: clearly. I mean, <laughs> obviously, yeah. Most Well, that's the ever. only press
2: release we've put out. I was—no kidding. Obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, this team, after a season, they obviously go through evaluations and, and clearly— you know, based on those reports, there's a there was a, a need to maybe make some changes on the offensive side of things and, and try to maybe modernize this offense. I think what we saw was how effective this offense was with Joe Flacco, who excels at the things that are at Kevin Stefanski's core, right? The hard play action from under center, vertical passing shot plays. And I think part of it's going to be you got to get Deshaun Watson to be even better at those, kind of in the way that Joe Flacco was. But I think maybe bigger picture to bring in, you know, Offensive concepts that, or, or someone who has maybe even in the past been familiar with Deshaun Watson and the things that he is comfortable doing and does the best. You know, more motion. We are one of the lowest motion teams, more shotgun based offensive principles that, you know, maybe we were not as innovative as possible there. And I, my guess is that's what you're looking at because going in this offseason, the most important thing is to get Deshaun Watson playing the best that he possibly can play. And so perhaps that's one of the reasons why they decided to, you know, make some changes changes there so that they can be in a better position to do that and move forward with Deshaun as their quarterback because he is he's is the present he is the the future he's all of it
0: you know I, I get that I guess my question is you know this day and age you know how it is Nathan being around the league I mean guys um want to call plays to be an OC like if you're going to take this job and be an OC and not get to call the
2: plays why would you take the job uh, it's a potentially a springboard and, and we don't know, maybe that's some of the thinking that we're, we haven't heard. I think Kevin's fancy is a great play caller. Uh, I think you saw that in his ability to kind of put together successful game plans and, and execute the sequencing for a variety of different quarterbacks and styles throughout the course of the season. Um, but you know, you think about a guy like Mike LaFleur who was with you know Kyle, and then he got the opportunity to go. To the Jets call plays, and then he leaves there, and you know goes with Sean McVay, where Sean McVay still calling the plays. But it was a very successful union, and and added some nice concepts there, and the Rams had a great run. So maybe it's somebody who thinks it's a, a springboard opportunity, uh, or maybe it is the case that somebody would come in and call the plays, uh, and and Kevin could focus more on being a, a true you know head coach overseer of the entire operation. I don't know. That's stuff that has not certainly been made. Previous to me and that's something that certainly the Browns have not even commented on these moves officially yet so it's speculation but maybe that is something that's that's he thinks that's a way to to help this football team we'll see
0: do you think these moves get made if they don't have the postseason game go the way the postseason game did
2: yeah 100% I I don't think that moves are not being made based on one game And, and you know honestly you think about the offense in the first half was very very good and even into the you know into the second half prior to that pick 6 on the first and 10 from the 34 of Houston when it was still very much a game you know the side of the ball that really didn't perform at the level it should have in that game was the defense right i mean gave up over 10 yards of play in the first half gave up 24 points in the first half no sacks no turnovers you know outside of JOK's play it was a pretty forgettable day for the browns defense and th- these changes aren't that so and I think this is an organization that is too, you know, intentional in what they do to, to emotionally try to fire people based on the way one playoff game went. I, that, I think this is something that they've probably been thinking about and, and something that they wanted to address and have decided to address it, obviously, at this time that makes the most sense after the season.
0: Nathan Zegar joining us here on 92 through the fan and the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Getting into the actual game itself, Nathan. Obviously, just a big surprise uh, for a lot of people. I would imagine yourself as well. I, you know, sure. I, I talked to a lot of people in Vegas. The Vegas people kept telling me about the home road splits. Stefanski earlier in the year suggested that the home road splits. He, it just it was too small of a sample size. Should I have made more uh, a bigger deal on the on the home road splits and how it ended up favoring in in the in the, in the a bad way for the Browns?
2: Maybe. I mean, you know, you think about the things that kind of were. The potential concerns going into the game, right? Was the defense had been better at home than it had been on the road? Well, that turned out to, to be true. That you were down to your fourth and fifth tackles, or really your fifth and sixth tackles, because Ty And Seki was on the roster and was supposed to before he got hurt would have probably been in before Christian and Hudson, and so you're down to your fifth and sixth tackles, and and that played a huge role in this game. Look at that, the the game-changing pick six, and then you go and you say, well. Juan Thornhill was banged up and he's actually said, you know, I this is such a frustrating year, battled that calf all year, didn't play a ton in that game. You're down, you're without your top three safeties. No Delpit, no McLeod, you know. Guess what? That kind of reared its ugly head in that game against the Houston Texans. So I think it was a combination of a lot of things. I think defensively, there there is something to that. I also think we played, you know, maybe a better slate of quarterbacks on the road this year than we played at home. And I think if you were to look into that, that would certainly bear itself out. Um, And perhaps that had something to do with it as well. And, yeah, it's one of those – it's a mystery because this defense was supposed to be – you know that one constant and help you and and in this particular game it was a very tough tough game for our defense that you know didn't necessarily make some changes that people thought they might make to really you know for example put a safety over Nico Collins take him out of the game completely because he'd been kind of a one trick one man you know band really mm-hmm. in that pass catching offense and we played how we played all year and unfortunately you know the Texans were prepared for that and executed better than the Browns did and and that's a sad thing about it is this was such a fun and magical season in which the team really did overcome a lot of obstacles overachieved in face of all the injuries, but that ending just didn't fit with the season. So that's what I've been saying. It was a, it was an, you know, not a fitting conclusion to a very, very special season, a great four and a half months for everybody in this city and around the world that loves the Cleveland Browns. Nathan, is there a chance that Flacco could be back as a backup? I think so. I mean, I don't see why not. I think that, you know, if, if, he was comfortable with it, if you know everybody could felt comfortable with that. I don't see why not, because I think he could be very valuable. And number one, you know, Deshaun has gotten banged up, and if you needed somebody to play a few games, you'd feel great about Joe Flacco. I know he loved his time here. He loved the locker room. He was beloved in the locker room. I, I think he understands what his role would be in that situation. I think he would handle it with class, and I think he could also be very valuable as a resource to Deshaun. About some of that hard play action game. Okay, here's what I'm looking at pre snap. I turn my back to the defense when I come around. Here's what I'm reading, and then this—that's how I decide where I'm going to go with the football. Things like that. I think he could be a great resource. I would love to have him back. I, I really loved getting to know him. It was an honor to to kind of you know be a part of that magical run at the end of the season. It was really special. He came in here uh, on Browns Daily in our studio and and did an interview on a Friday that was awesome. He's just a great guy. He was living the dream. And and I think he found this to be a very special place. And I think this town certainly would welcome back Joe Flacco. I think we as fans would have to be, you know, able to handle the situation, right? Like, there was the high highs of you know leading the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns since he became the quarterback for Flacco. and then there was also unfortunately the led the league in in interceptions and pick sixes while he was here. It was just a lot of big plays in both directions. So I think people would have to be able to handle it, but I think yeah, why not? It gives another guy to kind of a great voice in the room for DTR as well. Who you know ultimately you you'll be grooming into your long term backup, and there's a lot of confidence in him in the organization. But yeah, I say why not? There's not, there's got to be a chance. What those chances are, I don't know, but I certainly would think there's got to be a chance how welcoming
0: do you feel like Deshaun would be in that scenario I mean Deshaun's got his money he's guaranteed he's fine but it also does come with the idea the moment he struggles uh people's brains are immediately going to go back to well I don't know I think Flacco could have made that throw
2: I think Deshaun handled it just fine I think both of them would be consummate pros look this is Deshaun Watson's team period right so Mm -hmm. I I think there's a lot of comfort that comes from that I, I think that um He's a very talented guy. Look, he went five and one as a starter this year. The last time we saw him, he went fourteen of fourteen against the Baltimore Ravens. So you're starting to get to see a little bit more of what Deshaun Watson, you know, that you expected to come in. Certainly, that that comeback against the Ravens was a, a prime example of that. So you hope that continues forward. But I think he, I certainly, I know he could handle it, and I know Flacco could handle it.
0: Were some of these moves made with the idea of Watson in mind, or do you think this was more to help out Stefanski and get a new fresh look?
2: I think the probably answer to that is yes, right? As I said at the beginning, I think the most important thing that this organization can do is get this offense and get Deshaun Watson playing at his best football. And I think that Kevin Safansky and his core is such a strong core and place to build from. But I do think they need somebody who is more versed in maybe more of the modern shotgun game, more of the shotgun RPO game, more of the shotgun run game in general, just different concepts out of that shotgun. And then the the pre-snap motion and, and valuable horizontal motion. How you because we did it at times, but we were, I think, 31st in league in pre-snap motion percentage. The teams that are have been the best offenses have had a higher percentage of it, but it's not just running somebody in motion for the sake of it, right? It's got to be purposeful motion that is allowing you to get an advantage on another team, and I think that's something that the Browns are certainly looking at.
0: Nathan Zagaro joining us here at 92.3 The Fan. You spent a lot of time around Baker. Uh, I obviously – I was a big fan of Baker. I like Baker. Uh, sure. do, you, do you feel good for Baker getting that playoff win?
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, I think that, you know, Baker Mayfield was – you cannot – Kind of even tell the story of this modern run of the Browns. You know, two playoff appearances without him. He was the one who got them in the playoffs, won a playoff game in Pittsburgh. I was there in the COVID year, Mm -hmm. and you know he kind of helped change things here. And while it's, I think it can both be true that he's a he's a good quarterback, but maybe wasn't the right quarterback for here. You know, he's gone to Carolina, goes to the Rams. Now he's in Tampa, and it seems like he's found a home. And I'm. I'm very happy for him. He played great against the Eagles. It was it's awesome. It's fun. He's when things are going very well. Baker Mayfield is as fun a guy to root for as there is, right? I mean, he is great at that. And I think I'm very happy for him. And I, I think it's gonna be a tough test in Detroit this weekend, but you know, he's playing well. Mike Evans is playing well. They got Godwin going. They got some of those young receivers. You know, I, I came out of that game thinking, okay, Tampa which had struggled kind of coming into the playoffs. Maybe they figured some things out, or was it just that, you know, the Eagles, that was, I thought, a dreadful performance. The worst tackling I've ever seen. I mean – watch the Manning cast it all but Ray Lewis was incensed. oh he was great he was great He was it. awesome but and it was so true it was ridiculous it was like what is going on right now but yeah but no definitely happy for Baker why He's not yelling you at know, everyone Ray Lewis yeah. was great on that he was great <laughs> uh Dustin
0: earlier today he, he kind of hinted at me he says he kind of likes Houston in this game against Baltimore I don't know if I like him by the time he gets to place in his bets and getting ready for the weekend uh is 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 Dustin wild in that thinking nine point uh, favorites for Baltimore here
2: yeah, it's the thing the only thing that scares me the most is what a that the line is that big, right? I mean I, when I thought about it in my head, you know, I wouldn't have thought I thought maybe it'd be a six, a six ish, mm-hmm. you know, just inside in that kind of Vegas zone. But they went, you know, basically it's nine and a half almost the way to ten, which makes me feel like, why wouldn't you wanna take the Texans? And in many cases when that happens, it, it usually means the team On the other side of that, that's maybe not getting as much action on them. They win because that's how Vegas has all these beautiful casinos and all the things that you see there. They're very (laughs) good at this. So it it would that the size of the line. Even though I would have gone if it was, and this is going to sound weird, but if it was if it was a smaller line, I would feel better about the Texans than it being this big of a line, which I know in theory means like oh you're getting extra points that doesn't make sense, but that's the way that I kind of see that one.
0: Vegas has me in a mind bleep after that uh, after the the Browns Texans line. I was like I can't believe it's two points. Yeah, it just, I, I, from that point forward, and then you talk about the Eagles Buccaneers game. That game itself, three point game in, in the Eagles' favor, you're like, okay, something's a little fishy. It's, when it's been fishy lines, the games have been fishy, Nathan.
2: Yeah, they've been pretty good at that. You know, what's funny is, you know, when we thought about that, we do, you know, pay attention to the scores on the show. And I think we'd record on Thursday because I to travel to Houston on Friday. And mm-hmm. at that point, I'm like, all right, the Eagles have it together. But by the time the weekend went through and you heard some of that A.J. Brown stuff, then you knew he wasn't playing. Then you knew her and how they limped in, it kind of felt like but when that game kicked off that there was almost no doubt. You had nature boy Ric Flair out there. There's almost no doubt it felt like that Tampa was going to win. And they, they, even though it was closer than the final score appeared for a, a portion of the game, it, it felt like Philly was never really in danger of doing anything in their defense performance. They, they played that game. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago, and it ties into Baker as well. Uh, I think it was a Christmas game or a Christmas Eve game, and Denver played the Rams last year. And yeah, yeah. Denver basically did everything they could to get their coach fired. And they did after that game, like they didn't try to play defense. They didn't try to do anything. It was one of those and watching that Eagles game, it almost felt like the players were like using this as a late season game for a team that was done to be like, get our coach out of here, which was a stunning thing to kind of watch in a playoff environment.
0: Is that the best job available to you? Or would you take uh, the chargers above that?
2: I like that one. I like I like the Chargers because of Herbert, but there I think there are other issues with that team. And you're in the division with Mahomes. I really like the Falcons' job a lot. And I'm trying to will, for the benefit of not only the Falcons, but also for where I went to college down there at Emory in Atlanta, but for the Browns as well, I'm trying to will Todd Monk and to that Atlanta job. And I know he's interviewed, I think with Carolina and the chargers and not yet Atlanta, but you know, he was great at the university of Georgia. So obviously they like him down there. Mm-hmm. He's. And then the other part of that is they trade for Justin Fields. So you throw fields down there yeah. with Todd Monk and, all of a sudden you got Bijan John and fields in the backfield. You get very creative there. You've got two big catch radius guys and Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. You got a good offensive line. You got a good defense anchored by Jesse Bates on the back end. And that division just feels ripe where if you hit it, you can run that division for a while because Tampa is getting older, the Saints are getting older, and Carolina feels like it is headed into a wasteland. So I kind of like that Atlanta job a lot.
0: Yeah, Earlier today I heard Kuyper say that he thought it was a first-round pick would be the trade on that. I, I Fields feels isn't worth a first-round pick, right? When you think about uh, Baker I think was a conditional fifth. Uh, we've had some, some big-time quarterbacks in recent years. They don't go for first-rounders like that.
2: No, I wonder with Fields, because he played well, and he's still on his rookie contract. You know, I wondered, can he get a second? That's what I was thinking. You know? I was thinking a second. So, so let's say the Falcons give him a second. They still have a pick. They still have the eighth pick where they can take a stud receiver if they wanted to, to give Fields, you know, London. the, the kid, What's the kid from Washington? You give him that guy because he's probably going to be there as the second receiver after Marv goes off the board to Arizona. Get a stud receiver. Now you got three big-time pass catchers, Bijan John Fields, I mean, it feels like loaded, and from the Chicago perspective, you draft Caleb Williams at one, you probably can get him a receiver at nine, and then you'd have the eighth and ninth picks in the second round as well for the first 41 picks, 42 picks. That feels like a great way to turn around a franchise very, very quickly. Are you a buyer into uh, to Caleb? I, don't, I haven't watched him enough, to be honest with you, to know one way or another. He's, it feels like a lot of people say he's the consensus, number one. It, I, I realize USC's D was bad, and I'm sure, Dustin, you've watched a lot more college football than I have, but it, did, it was surprising to me that he wouldn't have been more successful this year. And I know they lost some shootouts because of their defense again, but sure. that's the only thing that kind of surprised me without – you know, breaking it down. Watch, I know he can make every throw. He's a great athlete, all those things. Uh, I was just surprised they didn't win more.
0: It's odd because he just came in there with that. uh, He had the same conversations around him that we had with Trevor Lawrence, that we had with Andrew Luck, that we've had with Peyton Manning, where, like, since since they were 12, they were just always going to be anointed. They were always going to be the one that, uh, you know, ends up being the best college player, then being number one overall. And then this last year, I don't know what it was with people, but they just soured on Caleb in a way that I didn't see coming.
2: Yeah, same. It still feels like, though, in the draft community, and obviously we'll get a better read on this. When you go to the Combine, you get a lot of the worst-kept secrets Mm -hmm. in the world that you know what's going to happen. I'm sure coming out of the Combine, we'll know exactly what they're going to do at at number one, and my guess is it'll be Caleb Williams. It'll, It'll be him.
0: Nathan, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate you. We'll catch up with you later. All right, guys, thank you. All right, good stuff right there with Nathan Secure on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Why?
1: Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com